Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily. It is the Premier League review show, looking at all the games that's happened. There's been a lot going on, a lot to get through. To help me do that, I'm joined by some wonderful people. I've got the Man City YouTuber that is Steve McInerney. Hello, you all right? Yeah, I'm very good. Good. And also uh, separating you from the other side of the city, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, we have uh, Mike Keegan, Spot News reporter for the Daily Mail. Hello, Mike. Good evening. And uh, he's uh, refereeing between uh, <laughs> Steve and Jamie. Motti from Full Time Devils. Oh, I, I wish I wish we were I having we that were sort of rivalry. Yeah, I know. I wish we were <laughs> sort of really going for each other, but I, I'm more concerned with what you know yeah. the likes of Southampton and Norwich are doing. Big relegation six pointer, <laughs> wasn't it? It was funny. I was looking at the. T- I, I, I've got to be honest. Let's just get it out there straight away. Come on. <laughs> it's funny because normally you'd, you'd be used to seeing like you go back 15 years ago, and if you see United surrounded by Newcastle and the likes of Aston Villa, it could be like top four in the 90s. But no, I just realised it switched. That was what, 15 years ago wasn't it it's oh, literally around. It's, you know I wish I wish I'd have done more glowing I really did <laughs> seriously don't worry we're going to make up for it I thanks think, guys the city fans here. <laughs> uh, so we'll, 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 we'll get to City we'll get to United we'll get to all the other teams but I think really we need to start at um, a game that's just finished as we come to record this right now uh, which is Liverpool against Spurs they went 1-0 down 47 seconds into the game Harry Kane grabbing a goal after a son hit the crossbar and then Liverpool did what Liverpool have been doing all season, proved to be very resilient, came back, and then once again, seemingly won it with a slightly controversial penalty, would you say? <laughs> it's probably, and this is coming from a City fan, maybe just about a penalty. It was soft. It was a very Liverpool penalty, but uh, to be honest, Liverpool did deserve it. They were um, they were relentless, really. You know, um, that whole cliche about scoring a goal too early kind of thing. And uh, given Spurs' form at the moment, 
they just it, they just sat back from that moment onwards. And Liverpool, um, they absolutely battered them. Really, for being honest, they peppered the goal. They like they were going to score every single time they went forward. And uh, even though the penalty was a bit soft, and it did feel, from my perspective, um, and obviously I'm emotionally biased by this, in fact, it was inevitable they were going to get a penalty at some point. Um, it was probably just about the right call, maybe just about. Um, but you kind of got to say fair play to Liverpool because they just keep finding a way to win. Uh, and even though it's, it's, sometimes you feel like it's going to have to you know, slow down at some point, um, it's not really showing any signs. And uh, fair play to them. Yeah, genuinely a good performance from them uh, against a team that, you know, they're not in great shape, any shape, but they're still Spurs, you know. Yeah. So there's always an added element of kind of like, there's the edge as well, obviously, because of the Champions League final replay and all that kind of thing. And, uh, and obviously going down early, they've, they've got the character, I guess, you know, Liverpool, so fair play. So Liverpool have got 28 points after 10 games. When you look back, almost every team that have done that have gone on to win. Is this their season, Mike? Well, you thought last season everything had aligned for him and they would never get that lucky again. Um, they'll need to be similarly fortunate with injuries this time. Just on Spurs, I think there's something about that cop goal and Spurs that just sees them fall to pieces. Because last year they had it, I don't know if you remember, Lloris kind of pushed one in his own net. Mm-hmm. And then this season they go there and Serge Aurier does what Serge Aurier always does. <laughs> Whether it is a definite penalty or not, I don't know. I'm with Steve. It's, you think it's at the cop. Liverpool get them. I yeah. don't know if other teams get them. Uh, but they are relentless. As Steve said, It's you, they keep doing this. It's not a coincidence. You know, it's, this keeps happening because they keep putting teams under pressure, piling it on. And to be fair, the best team won today. And that ground really has become a fortress. There's not many fortresses left in English football when you think about it. And I think today that penalty for Salah meant... He scored 50 goals in 58 games at Anfield, which is something pretty impressive. Now, your, your team used to have a fortress. You, uh, just, you know what? That glint in your eye <laughs> that the, the, the listeners can't see goes through my heart every week. I come on here. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but what I mean, what is it that that is about that? How do you create that? How how does that happen? How does See, it was pretty quiet until they got the equaliser. Well, it, it, it was it was like, very quiet when uh, Van Dijk looked injured. Like it's like somebody yeah. sucked the air. Yeah, you can out imagine, of the whole place. Yeah, yeah, that's like a disaster for them. You know, in terms of how important he is. Um, but going back into your question, I think it's a mixture of both things. That yes, you have that sort of belief and that confidence, but also I think the opposition as well have it in the back of their mind that we had it reverse when we played Liverpool the other week. We got to five minutes to go and they scored, and it was that sort of almost inevitability about it where you're like, they're that good. They're going to get a goal from somewhere and, you know, players switch off, players have a bit of nerves about them that perhaps you wouldn't have if you were playing a a less talented team. And I think, as you mentioned, we used to see it all the time at Old Trafford or, you know, even away from home, Fergie time, as they used to say. Yes, we were always sort of pressing and getting there and and pushing and attacking or whatever, but teams would have that in the back of the mind that, oh, they're going to get a goal. And I think Liverpool have got that now. We've seen it. You mentioned there some of the mistakes that players who are genuinely, going back a few weeks to Dean Henderson, we were talking about him Mm. last time I was on. He's had a pretty faultless season almost, yet against Liverpool he drops a clanger because I, I think there's that sort of pressure, that extra added pressure and that worry that, oh, you know, it's Liverpool and they've got that fear factor, it pains me to say. And I think Liverpool are also playing differently this season because what really undid them last year was the amount of draws that they've had. And you you see now that Klopp is not satisfied with the draw, really wants to go all, all out and get the win. And that's been happening. And there's a real belief about the side that, that flows all the way through it. Crazy momentum as well. Yeah. And one thing I would say, a lot is said about the atmosphere at Anfield. And yes, there are occasions where it isn't as great as certain people would have you believe. But 
when they play the big teams, it is a ferocious atmosphere. Yeah, and in these these days of the Premier League, where it's the atmospheres aren't what they once were, without wanting to like be looking back, but they're not. And people don't go to a place like Anfield every week. So when you go there and you experience that atmosphere and the fans are on it, it's huge. And there's a huge momentum as well. The stadium itself, the fans are right on top of here. There isn't really anywhere else like that in the Premier League. So I think that does play a big role for him. And of course, there's a big game coming up in just a few weeks' time. I'm in New York during that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm going to watch with the New York Supporters Club. I mean... I considered actually rearranging my flight to be during the game so I don't have to watch it because it's going to be <laughs> terrible but like, it was just a little bit more expensive so I so should have told more expensive options to be honest but yeah um, that uh, no Rodri no Laporte which is uh, obviously going to be a huge blow for Manchester City but I don't know it's weird because this season I've got, I'm feeling confident about Anfield and it makes no sense whatsoever given everything um, but I feel like Liverpool recently as good as they are and, and honestly they are a genuinely brilliant team They're winning a lot of games just. Yeah, there's been a lot of stumbling. And I feel like there's one team who probably could capitalise on, well, it's Manchester City, you know, so given the quality City have gotten, um, I feel City will be up for the game, even though they've had a relatively indifferent, it's still a pretty good start by everyone's standards, but by Guardiola's standards, it's pretty slow. Um, Even though we've had a pretty slow start, I just, I got a feeling City will be up for it. And, um, I think we could see a Manchester City victory and feel I'm not going to hold them. Uh, you know, I'm not going to wish for that and hope for that because I, I, I don't expect it will happen fully. But if there's one year we can do it, I think it's going to be this year. Yeah, they have been stumbling. I think their momentum's carried them through as as we've seen, as Mike was saying. But there's been moments, obviously United last weekend uh, showed that you can get at them. There's been a few moments where they've let the guard down, but still they've got what everyone calls championship winning form. And they've kept flying forward and kept doing that. So let's move on to City then. Yeah. And um, well, two things to talk about, really. Uh, do you want to start with VAR or should we do that second? No, oh, I'm so boring. It's so <laughs> so much change this weekend uh, with VAR or VAR. Is it yeah, false, as they say? Um, but apparently they've, they've decided to start making decisions, haven't they? In the other games, which we'll get on, like they actually were overturning Old Trafford today, which we'll get on to a bit, like loads of overturning decisions. And we hadn't seen any at all in the previous God knows how many games before that. But... The thing yesterday, being at the Etihad, that was so tedious. It was just kind of not knowing what was going on. The amount of time the referee was just stood there with his finger in his ear. And then it wasn't even on the screens as well. And it was, you could tell they were checking, but they didn't show it. And it, there was just so many stoppages. And one of them actually went in City's favour. But they still didn't stop the City fans singing some pretty unsavoury chants about the system itself afterwards, just because it was tiring. Um, but that's just modern football, I guess, really. Um, kind of, kind of, It bores you through confusion. Um, which is just, I don't know, I'm not really a fan of it. I, I, I still don't understand why they haven't introduced systems like we see in American football, like we see in rugby, when you can hear what's being said. And even in cricket, well, the ashes this the season as well. well. Just show it. But what, I, I don't understand what the fear is about hearing what the referee has got to say. <laughs> well, well, it's taking responsibility. That's a, that's a can of worms. Yeah. It's, nobody wants to take responsibility because the guy at Stockley Park's like, do I really want... 55,000 City fans knowing who I am and giving me grief. It's like <laughs> it's a ridiculous situation. But then they'd, they'd, the way you described it made me think of, you know, it's suddenly like just something's changed this weekend. And it's a bit like, you know, when you find a function or a button in your car that you didn't realise was there before and you start going, oh, that's how that <laughs> yeah. happens. And they've just got a bit excited and pressed it too much. It almost seems to be that's what's happened with VAR this weekend. Oh, we can do that. I think oh, we can overrule decisions. Yeah. Criticism, and I think they are well aware of it. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a meeting that had taken place because yeah. I know a lot of Premier League people were in London last week from the various clubs and it's kind of, 
right, we've had X amount of referrals this year, they've not been right, we should have, there have been so many no calls. I think that there's been a conscious decision made, having looked at what's happened this weekend, to put more things to review. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It seems, it's just, the numbers are crazy. Like, no decisions over change at all in penalties, and suddenly about mm. four in the same weekend. It's mm. just, something mm. has to have been said but at then, some point. But then, I mean, I'm, I would hope that it does stay, just... You know, speed it up, make it transparent. But just the thing, for fans. there is that difference of when, and you experienced it yesterday. When you're in the ground, it's completely different to when you watch it on TV. Because with TV, you get the replays, you get all those commentators things. discussing it, exactly. and all that kind of stuff. But you, you miss that out when it's in the ground. And and I mean, it seemed to work all right in the World Cup. Although obviously, I'll, I'll be fair. You know, I wasn't at the World Cup. I was watching it on on TV. Like most <laughs> that's people were being. Yeah. Uh, but but generally, that it seemed to be a good atmosphere. There was more going over, looking at the screens, those kinds of things. I, I just don't understand why they, they, they can't just be honest and just like, here's what the referee said. Here's what they, yeah. they think and, and, right. and let us hear accountability, it. accountability, isn't it? And, no one wants it. And exactly, because if the referee goes and goes under the hood, which is what I would say all the fans want to see, you know it's the referee and he's there and you can see on the screen that, that you can see the replays that he's seeing. So when he comes out from under that hood, makes his decision, you think, right, well, he's looked at what we've looked at and that's his decision. And you can blame him if you think it's wrong. Mm. At the moment, who do you blame? Some nameless computer guy in Stockley Park. It's a nonsense. Is that how it always is, though? It's it's the, the guys in Stockley Park that are making decisions. Because they've got one wasn't the one with Mike, well, Re- uh, Mike Dean just making him on the other day? They've got for the, the Southampton game. It's very confusing. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, there's the ability for them. They can advise, right? And they 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 can tell them it is definitely penalty. They can advise them to have a look. I think what's happened. This weekend is the first time that the refs have gone to take a look this week at what's been going on, but also the first time that they've taken advice from Stockley Park that has gone against their initial decision. Now, that shows you that they have no problem with changing their mind and getting it wrong and taking advice from somebody else. But what's the problem with just sharing that? I mean, to be honest, it's not like... You know they're in danger of losing respect from the fans, is it? Because they don't get a great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're, fall, they're not going to fall from it. It's going to sully the reputation of the referees amongst all those hard-going fans. Yeah, we're going to suddenly. Yeah, well, think where else can they go from? I there, know really? you like, can't. They're only really wrong bottom, aren't they? So yeah. there's nowhere else. And then to the, go. The, the second thing, which is just so crazy about this, was you had the Kevin De Bruyne free kick, which went straight in, which I was great. He's my captain, loads of points on my fantasy team. And then there was a big debate about, where, where, had it been, was it offside, was it onside? Because if Silver had got a touch on it, which it looked like he might have done, then Sterling would have been affecting play because yeah. of where he was positioned as the referee. Then, yeah. Yeah. And so th- this came out, and then he decided, no, it's De Bruyne, it's a goal, it's there. After the game, the account they call the accountability dubious goals panel they've changed the name though haven't they I don't know like no. the, the goals accreditation panel <laughs> or whatever very dubious goals goals yeah. accreditation panel <laughs> well, they've obviously kept the dubious rules as well because they've gone and their actual statement that they released they said we don't adhere to VAR and so we give the goal to David Silva even though I mean they don't spell this out in the, in the, but the statement but that infers that goal would have been disallowed yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. Two different sets of eyes are going to see different things but and got li- more time. So I understand that. It's confusing and strange because you think, well, surely they, you'd hope that they like someone else isn't going to be able to see differences seeing you know, they've got the same replays mm. and all that kind of stuff, which makes it it's the whole thing like, well, like even the officials are disagreeing with each other. Well, are they? Because the thing is, we, we don't really know what VAR said. We just... We just know well, what the outcome was. Apparently, there wasn't sufficient enough proof that Silver did touch the ball, so they gave it 
to De Bruyne initially because um, yeah, I was reading up afterwards and De Bruyne's cross went. They, they couldn't prove that Silva touched the ball apparently, but then I guess dubious goals had a different angle or something like that, or maybe they just texted them or something and asked they, them. You know, like, but. <laughs> Up until now, that whole thing was just so Harry Kane could get more goals at the end of the season, really. Yeah. That was the only time you ever really heard about it. And now it's having an impact. I mean, does this mean like the next technology we're going to see in football? Because the floodgates have opened now. We're going to see it. Are we going to see balls that change colour depending on which player that they've touched? Is that going to be... What? Yeah, this is made that up. Yeah, it's a good idea, though, isn't it? But you just have it... It'd be making it so much easier for corners and throw-ins, like red ball, blue ball. <laughs> And then so you could lost go with a linesman. I feel we've gone through the looking glasses. Yeah, yeah really <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you See, would I do it. I shouldn't laugh, though, because yeah. it might end up coming into a, into a fact. There you go. Like, two years from now, Dragon's Den, you'll be sat home going, oh, my but God. It, it just seems like, you say, that whole thing, it, it seems like it doesn't make any sense. That if he's given that goal, it shouldn't be a goal, but he's given it anyway. It's confusing, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. That. Yeah. It, it, if it's his goal, then it shouldn't stand, but he gets the goal. And yeah. see, we, we've moved into this realm where things are just confusing now <laughs> yeah. for everybody because we're here, we're talking about it. And this whole thing now, we're like, hey, oh, his, his, finger, his hand was, was offside, so it's offside. Oh, it's it's that, that narrow. We, we've come to this. And also as well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but whenever you watch a replay of a tackle in slow motion, it always looks worse. Yeah, it the Bertrand yeah. one looked terrible in yeah. slow-mo, and at the time, I thought nothing of it whatsoever. I, 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 I genuinely believe replays for stuff like that should just be played in full speed. Yeah. I yeah, think that's natural, because anything looks nefarious and dodgy. Yeah, it, does. Just be like, it does. like deliberate, you could just like, get me now and turn that. around. If I was looking at you, I was yeah. giving you evils. Like, yeah. No, he's just looked at me. Just, like, just, just watch an 80s action movie, and you'll see the effects <laughs> of slow motion. It really yeah, most of those gestures are actually quite polite. Just on that. I don't think that the rules that we've got are compatible with VAR, especially with offside. So, no, I agree. Yeah. you know, when Angus Mc, whatever he's called in 19, whenever it was, sets up the offside rule, he's doing that to stop people goal hanging. Now, he's not setting it up so Raheem Sterling can get pulled up for offside because he's half his foot's offside. But the aim of the offside rule is to stop people from goal hanging. And now we've got this technology that is preventing goals, destroying the atmosphere, because players aren't even get gaining an advantage from it. There was one situation, I can't remember, I think it was a City game, where the City guy was marginally offside. He comes back into an onside position. and then So he's actually put himself at a disadvantage. He's by backwards being, to go forward yeah. kind of thing, yeah. And yet he gets given offside. His armpit. When he was actually, it was disadvantageous for him to be in the position that he was in. It's like, what are we doing? And you talk about confusion. The whole point, I thought, was to stop confusion. It's not stop confidence. They need to re- read the rules, don't they, I think? Ridiculous. But Sterling's yeah. pretty good, though, isn't he? That's the other talking point from the yeah, game. Yeah, well, Gundogan <laughs> has said, I don't know if you saw the interview that uh, Ilkay gave, which says he, he reckons he's in the five best attacking players in the world. Which, when you say 17 goals for club and country in 18 games, it's not bad. I, I'm I'm loath to always jump on these trends of all of a sudden someone's the best in the world, you know, they do well, but like his, his output is just phenomenal. Like, he scores goals, he creates goals, and... And he's been doing it for a long time. I saw a stat, yeah, based on t- the calendar year 2019, he's the fifth highest goal scorer in Europe, you know. So that's phenomenal for a guy who wasn't even a striker. And that's, you know, 
that includes likes of Ronaldo and all that. Like, like he's just yeah, he's a freak at the moment. He's um, his first chance of the game yesterday, put it away uh, straight after half time. Um, and he's a big game player. Like uh, Guardiola even said as well after the game, he was the only one playing without fear and driving the team on. He said he actually said something like the first half form is the kind of one to get you relegated. That's what Guardiola said, which is crazy, you know, and quite disrespectful to Aston Villa as well, really, because we weren't they weren't that bad. Um, but yeah, like, he's fantastic. He's becoming a leader. He's maturing as a person. And he's just, his numbers, you just can't argue with them. You know, for England and for City, um, it's got to a point where it's no longer, like, people can't say he's just, you know, some tapping merchant or anything like that. It's just consistent. The high-quality goals as well. He's got a lot mm. to him now. What a player. The, the, the finishing he did in midweek, uh, the Atalanta game, that it's was... Composure. Oh, impressive. And the other, the other thing he's got going for him now as well, I don't know if you saw this, but... If you ha- if you know Raheem Sterling, you'll never have to pay for a museum again. Because last week he picked up his gold blue Peter badge. He was <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I, I think that was for a lot of the stuff that he's done off the pitch as well. Yeah. So that's that's why he's picked up that uh, nomination. And by the sounds of things, it might not be the only gold thing he picks up this season. So um, that was City. That was Villa. I mean Villa. I noticed Wesley was getting a lot of hassle online from the Villa fans saying his attitude stinks and he looks lazy and he's slow. And yet, he's he he's, he's their top scorer. He was he wasn't lazy yesterday. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that when I'm watching your own team play, and I think we all do that, you just see a bunch of random plays mm. against your team, so you don't really hone in on the individuals as much. From what I thought yesterday, Villa didn't play badly by any stretch. They played, they they all worked. They were all running, and they gave at least for 45 minutes. They gave City a pretty good game, and I think they've got a good team. Really, I think they'll be all right. I think they've got a really good midfield as well. Um, McGinn's a really good player. Grealish, I thought, was excellent against City yesterday. I, I like Grealish a lot. I think, even though he's obviously a bit of a character, you know, he's <laughs> like a, I think that's pretty, very diplomatic I'm, way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. He's just like you know, an, interesting an co- Shelby. Yeah. But like in general, um, it's just I think he's a very good player. And uh, Douglas Louise, the ex City lad as well. I think that's a really good midfield, and I think that will win them games. Um, I like, yeah, I like him. I mean, Dean Smith, the manager, was it Dean Smith? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was a bit sour grapes afterwards about the goal, which is understandable because it was confusing. But they were a good team, um, and I think they'll do okay. Uh, I thought they were pretty good for against City yesterday. They made it difficult for us, and uh, they, w- they will continue to beat some teams, and I think they'll stay up. Um, so this weekend, the high scorers weren't City, it wasn't Liverpool, it was Leicester City, and uh, a great weekend for them to do it as well because the day we're recording this Sunday um, is the one year anniversary of the helicopter crash at the King Power uh, last year which obviously really affected a lot of people not just in the city but across football because of the impact that the owner had on the club but in terms of what happened on the pitch I mean I think only once before have there been two players scoring a hat-trick in the same game for the same team in the Premier League do you know when that was? Absolutely no idea. Was it when United? Was that was, Andy Cole scored five that no, game. No, yeah, I don't so think it'll be that one. It's only first, Andy Cole. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like a Spurs. It was Spurs seven or something. No, it was an Arsenal. Arsenal win, and it was uh, Perez. Perez, yeah, and, and Carney or someone. No, it wasn't. I was Carney. guessing. I'll be honest. Yeah, Henri, Henri Burkamp, Leon Berg. Lundberg. I can't remember now. I should, I, should, I should have written that down when I heard that. Good start. It, but it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we listen to this for. Yeah. Uh, cutting edge inside. <laughs> probably probably some happens. Arsenal player, like, some Simon. It, one of them. Like, it's enough to win a pub quiz, not to get yourself on a Wikipedia account. I'm, I'm Googling it. <laughs> yeah, let's just be honest. So like, let's, we'll let's look at the game, though, because seriously, like 9 0, all right, Southampton went. Now, that was a very interesting use of VAR as well, because I've not seen this before. Southampton's 
Southampton going for the tackle with um, Bertrand. Bertrand, Bertrand, yes. He was Jermaine Pennant, by the way. It was. There we go. I knew it was somebody obscure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 Jermaine Pennant. That is a quiz. The original Fox in the Box. That's when he came through as the the prospect before he got tagged and all that, wasn't it? I was going to say, I wonder if he had his tag on. Yeah. Pre curfew hat trick. By the way, can I just interrupt with another little kind of trivia thing? Go on. Um, It's it's another one. (laughs) I've lost my train of thought now, anyway. Yeah, it's fine. We were talking about Blackburn and Wigan, obviously, from 1992. Two hat tricks in the same game from opposing teams I'll give you one um, Blackburn Blackburn's hat-trick was Rocky Santa Cruz but it was a hat-trick for Wigan as well what Any year was guess? that? 1992 Rocky he... Santa Cruz 92? yeah allegedly no, no that's not sorry no, t- oh, 2007 sorry I misread that one th- <laughs> even though City signed him just yeah. after that yeah um, um, so what, Wigan yeah Wigan oh, um, South, like, another South American Roddy Lager was it? no it's an uh, English guy English guy? for Wigan? Jason yes. Roberts no Right, right kind of area, I would say, in general. I'll, I'll Pesky? Gi- no. I'll give it. I'll just go for it. Marcus Bent. I never would have. Wow. Rocky Santa Cruz and Marcus Bent. Anyway, sorry, the podcast has that's been fine. derailed by myself. Carry on. Uh, so, <laughs> less than 9 nil. That's that's the kind of form we would expect, the kind of result we would expect from uh, a City or a Liverpool. But before we get into the, that score, the technicality, again, bringing up VAR, Bertrand goes in for that tackle. They play on, they play the advantage. They score. Now, uh, most of my experience, I'm going to put my hands up here, comes from Pro Evo on FIFA, right? <laughs> now, generally, you know, like, if you do a really bad tackle and get away with it in the game, as long as you score, you're all right. They're not, like, going to bring it back and give you a card. So I assume that's the rule. But what we saw on Friday night was the they scored the goal, then we had VAR, not for the goal, but for the tackle before, and then Bertrand was sent off. And when you look at it again, especially, as we said, in slow motion, rightly so, he was sent off for that tackle. Um, it does seem a little bit like messing with time and retro- like I because think it was right to be yeah, honest I, I think it was yeah. totally right yeah. I, didn't, I thought it was asked me because I thought it was no I mean the decision to go back and if he thinks it's a red card send him oh, off right, you know right, like sorry. without pulling it back yeah. Yeah. And I mean the whole idea of someone being able to send off early I think it's yeah. fair I think that's fair I, do, I, I mean going back to your point about the slow motion I thought at the time he didn't look that bad but he's wet as well and you think oh he just slid in and he's late but when you watch it in slow-mo it looked like oh a bit malicious and I don't think it was Mm. I thought I thought it was harsh, but what do you think about the idea though of being able to say if you thought it was a red card, of being able to give the goal and go back and send the guy off? Do yeah, I don't have a problem. With that. I think you know, no, no, if you no. sort of elbow someone in the face, for example, yeah, and then you know, goals cancelled out. The team goes and scores. Yeah, so much for a goal punch one. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's going to score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna stop now. But then that should mean that they always play advantage. You know, they, they should always play advantage. If there is an advantage, just in case. Well, I think there was an advantage in this yeah, case. Obviously, yeah, so, obviously yeah, so. Yeah. But there's, there's sometimes when he goes, there looks like to be an advantage, but the referee deems the tackle to be so bad, he goes back, he stops the game and books well, them. Was that a VAR one? Did they hear it and say someone is here then? Because he might I not it was. It. I think it was a VR. Uh, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Goals. You didn't see it, and then and yeah. then the referee. And that was if, similar in the way of uh, with the United game last week with the United goal, and the VAR went back to that tackle and yeah. said that tackle yeah. should have stopped that should that have been a foul and then the goal wouldn't have counted. So th- th- that's what messed with my head because then if that is a red card tackle, would that then have stopped, ruled out the goal? See, this is exactly what you were saying, Mike. It's moved us into this world was, of confusion yeah. and questions. I don't know whether Klopp was sort of just it was sour grapes or he wasn't telling the truth or whatever, but what he sort of said, I thought he had a point it didn't make much sense last week because he was saying the ref carried on because he didn't think it was a foul, but then it it, it should have been, if, he, if he'd have seen it, he would have stopped it. So mm. that didn't make any sense, really. But then uh, it's, all, it's all, so all, confusing. The, all they're doing is and it's is even just worse when you're in the ground. 
Yeah. We don't have a screen as well, yeah. Old Trafford. So, yeah. got no, so much I'm, VR I'm, chat already. My eyes yeah. are terrible. I'm trying yeah. to look in executive boxes miles away. I mean, somehow see something on their teller, which is obviously impossible. I would, so I just, I would love to say now, let's just put a stop to... No more VAR, but I know it's going to come up again when we talk about United a little bit later. But just in terms of how Leicester played as well... That's doing um, great at the moment. Oh, yeah. and Vardy is in the form of his life. He's, he's actually scoring... Is he the highest... One, he's in the top five scorers... In the Premier League in this calendar year, uh, I don't, I don't just, know. I'm just making up facts now. Yeah. There we go. See if you can Google well, it. He's probably the top scorer anyway. Uh, he's got nine goals in the Premier League this season. How oh, honest we always don't know. Yeah, just like, Google it. Let's not pretend. I mean, I just yeah, he is the current Premier League top scorer in nine goals. Uh, Leicester up in third. You know, yeah. I think they've got a big chance this year. I, we, me and Mike were chatting um, before we came on air about um, about Brendan Rodgers. How like I genuinely believe he's a very good manager, and if he wasn't British or you know people would put up with his eccentricities a lot more I think as it is people don't really like him but I think he's quality you know I did hear somebody suggest him as not being a bad shout like for Barcelona when it comes for them to look for a new manager <laughs> if, he, if he was honestly if he was called Roginho or whatever no one would care like, <laughs> no, it's actually it, true it, like it, the thing is we've spoken about this thing last time I was on about you know, you saw about the figure of fun, the David Brentisms and that yeah, documentary where he had a picture weird, of himself and, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, you can survive new, without wife water, and teeth and all that without kind of hope stuff. and all that sort of nonsense. But if you look at his record, it is pretty impressive. And you look at the, what he's doing at Leicester, it seems like a good fit and it's working. So I don't know whether Barcelona's the next stop. But he is a very good manager and if he... You know, if he carries on at Leicester, he's been and going, as well, it what, could be you know a bit of a surprise package. What they have to their advantage as well this season is is unlike City and Spurs, they're not going to have the same fixture congestion. Are yeah, they? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and Liverpool as well, and Chelsea and Arsenal and everyone else. Like, if things is carrying on from last season, for the, since when Rodgers joined Leicester and um, towards the tail end of the last season, they were the third most in um, form team in the, in the Premier League, and they are again still they've carried it on. So this isn't like a a flash in the pan. I genuinely believe that they've got a young squad full of very good players and they've signed smartly, got Tielemans in and they've got yeah. Iosi Perez is for half the price of what they sold, you know, Mares, obviously a little bit earlier than that, but they've got some of the money back there. Um, and they've got like good fullbacks, Pereira, Chilwell, both young, both get forward. Soyuncu stepped into Maguire's slot seamlessly and cost them basically, well, I don't know how much they paid for him, but they got him season four and barely played him, did they? And then, like, look at that. Uh, Madison, a really good player. Uh, then, obviously, Vardy, goals, Paris. It's just a good team. <laughs> it's yeah. it's yeah. a good team. Yeah, it's just it's, a functionally good you know. team. And when you look at the fact that Arsenal are a bit of a shambles and Emery's all over the place, I mean, they're still doing all right, Arsenal. But then they're not they're looking identity. United, currently seventh. How did you get from 15th to seventh? That's that's mad. Um, <laughs> because we're only ten, we're only ten games yeah, it, into the season. It's so that's weird, isn't it? How suddenly yeah. you, you could have you been fifteenth we yesterday. Yeah. Now you're seventh. Was it sixteenth? I, I sort of stopped counting when I saw it was fifteenth. I was like, but, oh my god. But then, apart from maybe Chelsea, they've got a bit of a dent. Other than that, the Liverpool City Chelsea, the others are floundering a bit. Um, Leicester have got a really good chance. Um, I think they, they, I think they probably will do it getting top four. I genuinely believe it might happen. Uh, Chelsea could very well be up with them. Mike, you went to see them yesterday against Burnley. Yeah, <laughs> saying to Steve earlier on, it's weird. Chelsea are a really likable <laughs> team. <laughs> like, it's like it's not normal, is it? You never thought it's going say. on. Um, I was at Turf Moor. And, you know, as if things aren't going well enough for them, Pulisic comes in out of nowhere, his first Premier League start and gets a hat-trick was amazing. Mason Mount was amazing. There's all this young English talent. They bring hudson Adoy on. I mean, they, they let two goals in at the end, so they even make the game a little bit entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lampard See comes the into his press conference and he's 
you know, if you're trying to write a match, but he's brilliant because he knows what you want to get from him and he says the right things. And then Pulisic stops in the mix zone and he's got his ball under his arm and he's telling you about all the signatures that are on it. And you're just like, is this really Chelsea? <laughs> the team that everybody hates. Where's all the idiots gone? Yeah. yeah. Like, I chose a nicer word then, but like, where have they all yeah. gone? And it's just like, it feels like the best thing that's ever happened to you. I know everyone said that and it's a cliche, but you know, if you've got any interest in, like, as we know, like as fans of, um, like a, you know, as a fan of a, like a big team now, you kind of get bored eventually. You're not bored. It's always fun signing the 50, 60 million pound play, but you start to crave something that you can relate to a little bit more. Yeah. And like, uh, obviously, Jay knows a lot of being United fan. He's seen loads of academy players come through. But uh, to me, the most exciting thing that's happened in the past couple of years at City is Foden. The idea of him coming through means so much. And and once you've seen that, you know, one fifty million pound player, you've seen you've seen them. You know, it's okay, it's fun, but like you know, they're just here because of the money and whatever. Um, and Chelsea fans now have got gone from having uh, a youth team that won like three UEFA youth leagues in a row to all of a sudden never, never using it and now they've just had to and it's it must be just so good for those fans yeah. they must love it and they're their best ever player managing them as well yeah. and they've got more coming from Rhys James is about to break through they could yeah, have at some point they could yeah. have a team that has uh, even Christiansen is an academy player he came through so got Christian Tamori Rhys James they could have those three then they could have uh, Loftus-Cheek um, Mason Mount Hudson-Odoi and Abraham they could have a whole team basically full of academy graduates and they'd be good as well. Like that is just a genuinely great story for the Premier Sounds League. Sounds class yeah. of ninety two all over again, it's doesn't just, it? Yeah, I'm it's... just so bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am because it's like you said, Steve, they've fallen at this with this punishment that's forced them to do this, and it's worked out beautifully for them. They've got Lampard who's who's proven himself to be a very good manager, and they've got like like Mike was saying, the likability factor. And I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, I'm jealous, and I'm, I'm I don't like it. Good football with no cheating, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it's, it's like, like, awesome. like oh. where's the sort of like you say, where's the the moody manager and yeah. the, the, the players you all hate and boo for? For no real reason, you just don't like him. <laughs> but you, you know say I mean? that about, about the fans. Our online editor at the Mail, Charlie, is a huge Chelsea fan. I think he does a Chelsea fans TV. He goes home and away, all over Europe, never misses a game. He's seen him win the Champions League. He's seen him win the Premier League. And he texted me last night after I'd been in I said, mate, you've got a really good tip like that. I really enjoyed watching it's fun, that. isn't it? And he texted me by like, mate, that is, this is the most enjoyable season that I've had supporting Chelsea. And from someone who's seen them like win every trophy that there is, yeah, like it, it just said like it's a great story. It's just to be a Chelsea fan. <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever really, but yeah, yeah that's what, that's what it's he's win, done. Yeah, yeah. Lo- lovely story about uh, Pulisic as well, because apparently like that's his first professional hat trick. Yeah. And uh, it was a perfect hat trick as well, left foot, right foot, header. Yeah, and he forgot to get the match ball. Because yeah, he'd never done it before. The ref threw it to him. One of his teammates had to tell him. Yeah. So he walks over to the ref thinking, oh, I'm going to have to ask the ref for the ball. And the ref just sees him, just throws it at him. He's like, oh, yeah, that, he would that's have thought you'd have seen, like, this football's broken this week. And I've decided, like, they started using VAR properly. Leicester win 9 0 away. Then you've got, like, Pulisic completing a hat trick, a guy who's never played really so far in the Premier League with a header against Burnley. Like, football's yeah. just gone weird this weekend. Yeah. Um, it's good, though. I like yeah, it. There's still more weird things to come. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll look at what. What happened at Watford, West Ham, Newcastle, Arsenal, Brighton and Norwich next. Sports Social. It's the Football Social Daily, uh, joined by Jay Motti, Mike Keegan and Steve McInerney. I'm Ant McGinley and we're looking at all the games that have happened this weekend. Uh, we've been through a couple already, but let's turn our attention now to the London Stadium. West Ham won, Sheffield United won and West Ham seem to be floundering a little bit. They've got such a great seemingly riches people have come back to fitness Sebastian Hilaire looks really lethal up front 
although he's not really fired in the last couple of weeks. And to be honest, that seems to be part of the issue with the team. So is is this a case of West Ham floundering or just Sheffield United continuing to surprise people? A bit of both, I think. I think it's a case of West Ham being West Ham. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they always seem to... You, you look at West Ham and they spend money and you think, right, is, is this finally going to happen from now? And everybody seems relatively happy with Pellegrini and things are going well and then they go to Everton and they lose to Everton in a really poor performance. And then Sheffield United, you think, right, bounce back against the team that everybody thought was going to get relegated. And it's a 1-1 draw. And all of a sudden, it's a miserable place again. For Sheffield United, I mean, they have not lost away from home, having, I don't know what the exact figures are, but I would imagine that their wage bill is probably the smallest in the Premier League. I know it gets said every week, but the job that Chris Wilder is doing there is ridiculous. They have no right to be, yeah, you, you would have just had them down as relegations zone from start to finish and it looks like he's going to keep I know we're only 10 games in but they have got a chance at staying in there he's one of those managers that I didn't like this is one of those things where you, you have your own Premier League bias and you don't pay attention to you know, what people have done but Chris Wilder he's a winner like he genuinely is like what he's done but all the clubs he's been to he just kind of gets promotion and wins and stuff like that he seems to be like a, a really really exciting manager and like Sheffield United's football is exciting. The, the tactical setup is exciting and different, and they just play with so much energy and self belief that, um, like, I naively wrote them off like many others. But they're currently sat, you know, they're they're where they I think they're eighth in the league at the moment. They'll probably be another that stay up, and you just have to admire them. Really, but what more can you say about the way that they say it, the way they play and the way the fans believe it? It's just really good to see Sheffield United back in the Premier League and a team kind of comes up and has that belief as well. He's a breath of fresh air as well, isn't he? Yeah. In his interviews, his post press conferences, just sort of straight talking. He's not, you know, got any airs or graces. He's, I didn't know, like you, Steve, I didn't know a lot about Sheffield United. I didn't know a lot about Chris Wilder, but, you know, I've been really impressed with him. Obviously, from a United point of view, we had Henderson went there and, you know, he's he's sort of been playing a lot of games for them and done he did well last season. He's carried it on this season. But, yeah, they have been a breath of fresh air. And you think that, from what I've seen so far this season, I've not seen a lot of them, but the setting eighth, they look like they've got all the tools there. And you fancy with Wilder as well at the helm that, They'll, they'll have enough to stay up. A uh, team that looks like they're having the opposite of what a lot of people thought of Watford. Uh, they got a point, which was something for them. Uh, nil-nil draw at Bournemouth, well, with Bournemouth coming to town. Didn't sound like the most exciting game at the <laughs> weekend. Uh, but still, it was a clean, I think the second clean sheet in three games for Watford, which d- it doesn't sound like much, but after the start they had, it's yeah. a positive. They're, they're, well, it's crazy to think how... Uh, how did they, how well they did last season? Obviously, they weren't incredible. They had a pretty good season, all that kind of stuff, and then um, and they haven't won a game yet, which is mad given the players they've got. Um, uh, and you, they're gonna have to start winning at some point, or they're in real, real danger. I know they've changed the manager, which probably even felt a little bit a little bit early then, even then. But uh, something's gone seriously wrong there. Um, they were, apparently, I didn't see the Watford game, but apparently they were a little bit unlucky not to win that. Uh, something has to change very quickly because they're in a very real danger going from what they reached an FA Cup final last season all of a sudden they could be relegated this season which is just a crazy turn for them well I mean to be honest if you look at what happened to Spurs as well just reaching a final doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a great oh no no of course but it should have been some kind of platform and obviously the way they lost City doesn't really it's, it's understandable isn't it but it should have been some kind of momentum to kick on to the new season but it just hasn't happened but then with with Bournemouth, because they've got some firepower there as well. You would have expected Bournemouth to, to go there and, and get a better result. Yeah, I've, I've got to be honest, I find it extremely hard to get excited about Watford versus Bournemouth. <laughs> 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 it's probably like a, a wider 
issue, but what what are we doing with Bournemouth in the Premier League? Oh really? Oh, <laughs> you know what? I, I'd go on further. I just I just I don't like the whole plucky little Bournemouth thing no, that goes on nonsense. because it's not plucky little Bournemouth. I mean, it's Bournemouth of spending more money yeah. than it's, it's because of the size, size of the stadium, which yeah. is, is not fit for purpose. Know, they've had a lot of investment, and they're okay, they're not batting like <laughs> 90 million pound players, but they'll spend 20, 30 million on players. I'm loving this stick knife in a Bournemouth for no reason. Yeah, it's just, it does it annoys me when <laughs> well, I see this. I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm let like, let I'm me change like, your mm. mind. Let me change your mind. Eddie, how right right genius and all this? No, no, no. Let no. me change your mind. He's genius. like a nice bloke. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to tell you something that will make you love Bournemouth, or at least at least Aaron Ramsdale, who was in goal for them yesterday. Now, he. Has this thing which I've just discovered. He likes to go and watch regular games, but because he's a Premier League player now, he, he you can't really get out and have the same atmosphere as you can being in the stands. But he still likes to go and be in I the bet stands. He could really. He's, right. Well, he could sit on my knee and I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was at the playoff finals uh, this year in Wembley, and he went with his mates dressed as the Teletubbies. And they were actually they were actually interviewed on TV as they tell you to, and they didn't realise that's who it was. So I just it just made me wonder. I don't know, but you're not really selling this to me in terms of me liking Bournemouth a lot more now. <laughs> but just, I, I just like my favourite show was the Telly Dubbies. <laughs> <laughs> that's how young their goalkeeper is. That's <laughs> yeah, no, everything about that game yesterday just screamed um, last on match of the day, didn't it? Really, yeah. you look at it like. I have nothing against either team, but it's just an unaspiring game from two teams who are going to struggle a bit this season. All right, well, let's move on swiftly then to <laughs> Newcastle and Wolves. Uh, Newcastle uh, going ahead in the first half and then Wolves pulling one back about 15, 16 minutes from time before uh, Longstaff was sent off. Was it Sean? Which, yeah, it was Sean Longstaff. Yeah. <laughs> one of them. Yeah. That was, that was um, I thought that one was a bit harsh, actually, because like, there was no real kind of... There was no thought in that at all, the uh, the Longstaff one. I thought it was a little bit unlucky. Um, Wolves are slowly turning their form around. They're a pretty slow start of the season, obviously. So you give them a leg up there with the um, with the, with the, with the victory for them. Um, but they're, they're kind of in a decent run of form. I think a lot of people expected quite a lot as well from Wolves after how good they were last season. Um, it was one of the things where last season they were really good against the top six, weren't they? But then their form against the, the rest of the you know, league wasn't quite mm. as good. Um, they played more games than anybody else yeah. in the Premier League at the minute. It's a killer. It killed yeah. Burnley last season. Obviously, Wolves have got a more, well, you'd like to think Wolves have got a more talented squad than Burnley. But they seem to be getting to grips with it now. And I was speaking to somebody at Wolves, and he said like, they aren't really on the ball. Obviously, money's no object again. But on their flights, from the, on the way back from a Europa League away game, they actually turned the flight into like a recovery chamber for the players. Wow. So they're all like getting oxygen and they're all getting like ice on their injuries and it's like it's bizarre the planning for the next game yeah. starts as soon as they get on that plane now I love that the fact that they could do that because money is no object but yeah. I'm just thinking like if, if a club like Burnley or, or somewhere what they did if they tried to do the same thing because effectively you could just do it by opening the door mid-flight and then you'd suddenly go cold like a cryo <laughs> then all the oxygen masks would drop down it'd just be the That's cheap way of thing, doing it I, I, I hate this whole um, plucky Burnley thing as well they got the same budget as Napoli you know like they generally have they actually have and people treat like I, uh, I tell you what there's a place in, in Burnley the where the pizza's just as good as well oh, really yeah there is I'll tell you about that afterwards I have uh, Burnley uh, Sean 
Dice is a very limited manager, and I could not believe people blow as much smoke up his arse as they do. Uh, nothing against Burnley. Well, I obviously do, actually. I'm talking nonsense. <laughs> nothing against uh, Burnley. I just yeah. hate you yeah. and your manager. That's one of those things. I don't think... mean any disrespect or nothing against. Always means that just you've got something dis- against. Yeah. So just disrespect. disappear, Burnley. Yeah. Like, um, I just don't like how you play football. Uh, well, uh, well, we'll make sure that Steve's uh, Twitter <laughs> handle is on there so you can join Lots of other people in blocking him after with this as well. <laughs> uh, so Arsenal, uh, they've done it again. 2-0 up against Crystal Palace. And uh, like they, we saw this earlier in the season against Watford. And uh, Palace come back and ends 2-all. And some interesting uh, developments with Xhaka. Uh, yeah, he got uh, subbed off and he was um, booed and jeered by his own fans as he left. Uh, bear in mind he captains the club. Uh, he's a captain currently, isn't he, I think? Yeah, um, and wasn't it by the, they voted... The, the, the whole team decided <laughs> yeah. and he cupped his ears so he walked awful. off now apparently I've been reading about it, he's been getting insane amounts of abuse um, we all know Arsenal fans are a different breeding line like genuinely that's it's, that, that's not even controversial statement they'd admit it themselves you know with the polls and that kind of stuff uh, so that's not don't go blocking me Arsenal fans you can if you want to I don't really care but the point is they are uh, <laughs> your followers <laughs> by the end of this show you're gonna <laughs> your followers will be like left. three it'll <laughs> yeah, be, it'll be uh, me your mum and your girlfriend my mum's on Twitter she doesn't follow me what's going on <laughs> Um, Arsenal She's fans. an Arsenal fan, that's yeah. why. He's been apparently getting a lot of stick on social media. So it's almost like, I think he's probably just reached a tipping point. Um, it's a really human. And eventually, I think we were all getting jeered and abused constantly online and we got jeered as we walked off the pitch. We, one of us eventually would just do something like cup your ear because it's, it's, it'd wind you up, wouldn't it? Um, it's still, I think he's been a little bit childish and Arsenal fans have been even more childish by booing him off. Um, it's a bit of a mess, though, isn't it, at the moment? But the, from your point of view as a journalist, what's the way somebody should re- respond to that? What, what's oh, the for us, it's way? great. <laughs> Take your shirt off, throw it at them, give one a smack on your way out, we'll put it on the back page. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go far enough, if you ask me. It's weird, Arsenal, isn't it, at the moment? Because, uh, to be honest, we've seen as well the VAR decision at the end is farcical, absolutely farcical. Like, so for um, those that didn't yeah. see it, what, what uh, happened? Chambers, was, uh, basically, I think it was Socrates, wasn't it, who fired it in? Was it? Was, I don't know. Someone scored basically, but then Chambers was a judge to a fouled uh, Palace player. Um, it, there, there was absolutely nothing in it. Genuinely nothing. I, I couldn't even see the foul after about three or four replays. Uh, two Palace players are either side of um, Chambers. All their feet are tangled together. And if anything, it could have been a foul on Chambers yeah. and it's rolled out. It's a genuinely comical decision. Worst one of the weekend. By a long way. A high bar. And you see, this is where yeah. like having some communication from the referee would help. And I'm thinking in particular here, uh, with American football and what you'll hear is they'll say interference number 74 on the attacking think, there's team. nothing they could have said that would have made me think that was a good idea anyway <laughs> yeah. it was that bad a call yeah. like it's just a bad call and they're a mess at the moment Arsenal in terms of they just really don't like Emery you know they they don't like him at all and I think maybe Meza Ozil's got a lot to do about that as well because he obviously is one of their golden boys and, and when your team's not doing that well and you've got to play that good I know he's a bit of a fair kind of player but he is obviously quality Ozil you know like um, and as a result, they're um, they're projecting a lot of the frustration onto Emery, and um, it's going to end very messily. That uh, I think it's, we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg with Emery and Arsenal. I think I don't think he, I'm surprised if last season. Honestly, I think it's going to get very, very heated. Wow. Which is amazing because of the job that he did at Seville. Yeah. yeah, and you're thinking, you know, they just kept winning the Europa League, <laughs> and how how do you keep doing this? But then you think, is it the right fit? Because at Arsenal, there is an expectancy that you're going to spend a lot of money. So he goes out and spends whatever it was on Pepe and it's like, is this really the kind of manager that can work with those types of players? Or is he suited to a club like Sevilla where 
they aren't necessarily players that are on 150 grand a week. Yeah. But then what's the difference, really? That is, it must only be like a 1% surely. difference, really, when, when you're moving from like... I, I think it might be a work ethic thing. I think like an attitude towards working. I, I think Emery may come across, and this is just me thinking my own thoughts it's not based on any intelligence or being in oh that's that's what we do around here all the time (laughs) (laughs) but i just think he might have like a really he strikes me as a manager who's got quite an old school approach to it so whereas guardiola's team probably works harder than everybody else in the premier league but he'll present it in a certain way and he'll put an arm around the shoulder and he gets it he knows when a player needs an arm around the shoulder i don't think henry's got that i think he works with players at Sevilla who are obviously lesser paid maybe at a lesser standard and they would respond to that kind of motivation but I think he's he's struggling at Arsenal Speaking of managers that are struggling it was looking on the up last week for Marco Silva but then <laughs> another defeat yesterday away to Brighton they've got a terrible away record at the minute just continues to get worse and uh, but at one stage they were leading uh, they were uh, one Two, two one up I think yeah, yeah. yeah no, they, yeah, 3-2 lost yeah 3-2 lost a, a, a controversial penalty again with VAR now if you've not seen this this you, we just said worst decision it's, of the weekend I just for me par with Chambers. yeah this is yeah. this is for me the worst decision of the weekend yeah. now again this is a thing where the slow motion comes into it because all it looks is the two players there and one steps on the other person's foot that's all that happens he's landed on his and, foot unintentionally and, and yeah. that's given as a penalty now but when you watch it in slow mo you then start to apply like kind of like intent and like inner monologue yeah, and, and he had loads of time to get out of the way yeah, you know, exactly. of course he does when he's but uh yeah and yet still marco silva seems untouchable it seems like there's he's not going anywhere i don't know about he's untouchable i think the the writing's on the wall i think you know yeah he was very unlucky with that decision but i know he Social media doesn't tell you everything, but from what I've seen on there, the Everton fans are just—they've had enough. I think they've had enough anyway. But they, four they, defeats in the last five in the Premier I mean, League. So yeah, that's bad. And he just it. started all right, but he just—he he doesn't carry himself. I think in a way that sort of instills confidence in him. If the way he comes across, yeah, I agree he looks with that. like he's quite aloof, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he looks like he's sort of yeah, he doesn't know what's going on, and I think that it just smacks of me of, of a manager who's just—it's a matter of time. I think you know he's probably favouriting it for the for the sat, strange team ever turned It's like they're that. kind of waiting for an identity of some kind. Yeah, they've been saying this. They, they always go decent... from one extreme to the other. I think with the managers, don't they go from like a an Allardyce to a Silver or a Moyes to yeah. a Martinez? They need it. Like they need. They don't have a continuation. Yeah. They go from scattergun. Yeah, but, it's but, like we're going from this old school British type manager to this cosmopolitan. Okay. I mean, sort of you, you can speak for France as well, not having some kind of plan there behind yeah. it. Because obviously, at City, we have loads of money, of course we do, but they also have an incredible plan. Like they, 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 they buy well and they they have a procession plan they know the manager after the manager that kind of thing and it's all built in the same way and with Everton you think they obviously have money they've spent a lot on some good players of some players that are on paper good but they just they just don't mesh because there's no plan there and there's no cohesiveness and you think Everton are just waiting for someone who's going to step in someone like a Brendan Rodgers is going to actually you know take them to can actually unite the team and have some just some kind of long-term vision but Everton seem to they, they they should be so much better than they are, um, but they just meander around and they're a constant disappointment. Let's I'd love to know how much say he's got in the transfers at Everton, because if he's calling the shots with regards to transfers, then you need to sack a, him. A Wobi forty I mean, million yeah. last minute, like no, that they weren't even linked no to him until the last day. That, that was a he's a decent weird, player, but it's weird. From yeah, just don't ridiculous. if you if you're not if you're not if you're not you need one, but you can't find someone. Just don't buy anyone no. until the next window. Because that's what they've done. Yeah, there was a proper case of Emperor's New Clothes as well. With a lot of Everton fans over that. It's like, oh, really good 
play. I'm like, really? Arsenal are happy to let him go. For 40 million, for yeah. And Arsenal are top five at best. So he's not really the sort of player you should be going for. Let's not take anything away from what Potter's doing at no. Brighton because that's another great result for them. Uh, there's a great Good team story, spirit. isn't he? Potter. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, but a lot of people were critical, weren't they, before they knew much about him? Like, oh, you've got rid of Chris Hewitt, and he was like, you know, sort of. Oh, there were still people. Yeah, recently, really I've, I've heard people but, calling for his head, calling for Hooton to be to, to come back, and, and it just seems it seems crazy. People are just, I think, people get ideas above their stations. People and and I think Brighton so, were, so were, were ten games. In. I know. <laughs> we give him a go. It's not worked out. Yeah. Off you go. Let's bring the old manager back. That's just like what? What? I mean, they're, they're comfortably in the table at the moment. That's what like, I mean, it's like considering like how how scrappy it was for them last season. And yes, it's still early on in the season. But in terms of and it's not a fluke result. Like we, everybody seems to be putting down Norwich against Man City. They 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 seem to be consistent. The 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 grinding results and they're playing like a real team. You've seen them. Coming back there, 15 minutes to go. They're a goal down. Controversial penalty, but they get it, they score it, and they win it. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think you're right. It's not a fluke. And I think you can see what Potter's trying to do. It's it's obvious, you know what I mean? Like, we've gone back to Silva. There's no identity. You can't, it's almost, what is he doing? You know, what, what are these transfers yeah. he's making or the club are making? What is their identity? What is the system? You can see what Potter's trying to do. And obviously, when you've had someone like Hugh, and he's been there for quite a little while and had his sort of, his way of working and his, his um, personality stance in that team. It's going to take a little longer than 10 Premier League games to change it. But I think Brighton, yeah, they're doing okay. And I think you can sort of, you could buy into Potter and what he's doing. He's got a degree in emotional intelligence, Graham Potter. He did all he's got, loads he's of. He's got a qualification did, in reindeer he, in the summer. He he's well? got, he did loads of like yeah. humanist courses, basically, yeah. uh, to help him uh, coach. And I, I loved it when he was at Austin and he got him up three divisions and he had like, the players um, going out, like community outreach stuff, and even putting like plays running the third tier and all that kind of stuff. And he's really big on the community and the players being involved. And do you know what? That, this is some story. Genuinely, he's in the Premier League now. And a year and a half, two years ago, he was over in. Um, he was that that you know that story where when they, when they played Arsenal, wasn't Arsenal? Mm, yeah. Um, I, I like it. I like the fact that he's he's coming with a scientific kind of educated approach, and it seems to be working. And they spent a lot of money last season on. I know a lot of people slated them for sacking Hume, but they spent a lot of money on forwards last season and didn't get much return for it. Yeah. And he's kind of released. It's a bit of a cliche, but he's released the shackles, and now. They are scoring goals and they are entertaining the fans because I think Tony Bloom at Brighton has put a heck of a lot of money in it. And as football owners go, like he's not far off being one of the best in the country for what he's done for that football club. And he had every right last season to say, look, I know my fans and my fans, great, we stayed in the Premier League, but we're not just here to stay in the Premier League. We want to move it on. And I know a lot of people will criticise you for that because it's like you look at the Charlton's and things like that and then they're in League One. But He's got every right to try and improve that, and that's what he's done. And, and fair play, it's, it's coming off for him. Uh, final game of the day, then, or the weekend, uh, was Norwich against Man United, and Man United still having trouble with penalties. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly. It was it was really, it's just bizarre. I mean, is it four penalties now we've missed this season? Yeah. Spread out across three players as well. So it was like, we got a penalty, and you're thinking, again, it's back and forth. Martial scored on Thursday, but then... Rashford seems to become have become the new designated penalty taker. So it didn't surprise me when Rashford took it. I think it's the worst penalty. All right, you could argue Crystal Palace one was worse because he hit the post, but it was a terrible penalty for Marcus Rashford today. And then we get another penalty not long after that, and you're thinking, right, okay. I was I was grateful to see Martial step up because I thought if, Mas, if Rashford missed two penalties in a game, it's not great, is it, for a player that's not been... I know he's had a, a, a decent week or so, but his confidence has been a bit up and down this season. 
So Martial steps up and then takes penalty. It's almost as bad as the one that Rashford did. I know you can argue it's a good save by Tim Krull, but it's that whole thing. It's a nice height for the keeper and, you know, if he goes the right way, he's going to save it. Um, so, yeah, it's like now I don't even know who who would be our penalty taker if we got another one. Maybe uh, Ashley Young or someone. Pogba when he gets back. Pogba, yeah. Probably, probably, you're probably right. Pogba <laughs> could probably Pogba's come back and save. this season. Yeah, 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 well, he missed yeah. the Wolves, he, didn't he? And he missed then, the one he nicked. Yeah, he missed, yeah, he missed the one he nicked <laughs> after Rashford had scored. Then Rashford took the one against Palace and he missed. And then Martial comes in and he scores and then Rashford takes it after him and misses. And then Martial misses after that. There was a point in the second half where um, Rashford went down and climbed for a foul, for a penalty. And I was, I was hoping we didn't get it. So I was thinking, like, <laughs> <laughs> so like Fred or someone, yeah, Fred will be like, give yeah. me a go. And it will be like, oh no, we're going to actually miss three penalties in a game. So yeah, it's um, it is, it's just but But weird. you won. You did win. Yeah, though. we won away from home twice in a week. If you count and in the and I think league. that's the, is that the first time since the... February since Palace in the Premier League. And the first wow. time since the start of the season you scored more than two goals. Yeah, in a... yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a game of first. 2000th <laughs> goal in the Premier League as well. McTominay, uh, who would have thought that? That's, yeah. a, that's going to be a pub quiz question, isn't it, in yeah. 10 years? So it was, um, yeah, I said before the game, I'd have took a 1-0 VAR inspired goal. I don't care. We just need a win away from home because it's getting ridiculous. And now you're seventh. Which is I know, Dizzy Heights. <laughs> so weird, isn't it? <laughs> Started the day in 16th or whatever it was and now we're, now we're playing for, the, we're up there for the playoffs. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Europa League at this rate. <laughs> oh, I don't, I, I'd, I'd rather finish, I know I'd rather finish Ninth or whatever, yeah, yeah. eighth and finished sixth because it's just, yeah, it's one of those competitions that, you know, when we won it, it was great because it completed the set. We had that emotional week, obviously, of what had happened mm. and we got us into the Champions League. Great, we've won it. And I remember saying after, I went to Stockholm and saying, I never want to see this competition again. <laughs> Two years later, we're back in it. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, there's a, a real apathy towards it from the fans and from the Think of the air miles. Think we just haven't got the squad for it. You know, even under Jose, we had a bit of a squad and now... You know, we're playing kids in our first team as it is without trying to find more kids to play in the Europa. It's not, we've just not got the squad for I still can't believe City lost to Norwich. <laughs> I know, it's like, <laughs> what happened there? That just, they've been, that's, you know, they've been dying weird, out on it? that. It's like, yeah, well, so technically we're better than City because obviously City beat Norwich. Really beat Norwich so, <laughs> like, you know, the old Twitter and Albert. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're the best Sea <laughs> Manchester. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just on that Europa League, it's going off on a bit of a tangent, but I was up at um, Parkhead with a couple of mates for Celtic fans on Thursday night. They played Lazio. And I'm looking around the stadium and it's absolutely mobbed. The atmosphere is amazing. Celtic score in the last minute. Both teams are going for it. And I'm thinking, we must be the only country in Europe that hates this competition. There were, like, there were ticket touts outside the stadium charging <laughs> yeah. you a fortune for a ticket. It's like, can you imagine trying to get a ticket for a United Europa League? They'd be paying you <laughs> yeah, to take them off honestly, the rounds. Yeah, you're not wrong. You can give them away. Believe me. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Well... Uh, I think that wraps it up for us, uh, gentlemen. So thank you very much for your input, Steve thank McInerney. You. Thank you. Uh, Mike Keegan thank and you. Jay Motti. I've been at McGinley. This has been the uh, Football Social Daily, our review of the Premier League uh, this weekend. And there's a new show out tomorrow. And plus as well, remember, you can enable the sports social skill on your Amazon Alexa device. Sports Social. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.